Thanks for joining us for another great message from Futures Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to futures.church. And now for our message. If we've not met, by the way, my name's Josh, my wife and I, we're the lead pastors here and, and uh, I'm going to bring the Word. Are you filled with faith? Yeah. Come on, today we're going to pray for healings. If you need, who needs a healing today? Uh, who believes we serve a God who heals? So whether you need a healing, get ready because we're going to open the altar and pray. Or if you just have faith, God heals, get ready to have faith for someone to get their miracle. We're going to see God do something supernatural today. Amen? Super. We're doing a series called In Jesus' Name. Come on, in whose name? In Jesus' Name. And uh, what we're doing is talking about some of the names of God that we see through the Bible. And we understand, if we understand the names of God, we can understand the fullness of who God is and we'll never cover them all. But this is almost a, a pattern and encouragement for you to go and read the Word yourself. Go find a name of God or a circumstance or something that you know God can move through. Find out a name that describes the characteristic of His person, which always points to Jesus, which allows you to walk in faith to see that Ability, that personhood, that character of God outworked in your life. That's what we're doing. And last week, Pastor Tony brilliantly preached on Jehovah Jireh. Today, I'm going to preach on Jehovah Rapha. And, uh, and you might be, what is that about? I'll tell you in a moment. All that matters really is you remember the name of Jesus. You know, we're talking about different names because a name to different people will mean describe a different attribute of someone. Like my wife, Chance. Chance was a girl that just we grew up with. We went to school. She joined our school in year eight. She was the year below me in school. And, and Chance was just a great girl. And, uh, and I remember the day I noticed Chance, noticed her a little bit differently when we dropped her off to her house and she couldn't get in the gate, a gate that stopped to get her into the house and didn't have the key. So she jumped right up and kind of like flipped her way over the gate. And I was playing Tomb Raider at the time and I thought, she's like Lara Croft. And uh, so I decided to become best friends with her. For sure, best friends that were motivated, but uh, and she became a good friend. And then I remember the day that I asked, asked her out via email. And as that day, she uh, became maybe an interested party. And then over the next season, she became my girlfriend. And, and then I remember the day I fell in love with her. We were driving down Main North Road and she put her head on my shoulder and it was done. It was over. I, like, I love her. And then I said that and she said, thank you. And uh, for the next six months or so, she was trying to hear the voice of the Lord. And uh, eventually she worked out. She sent, she one time did a preemptive, I love you, but it was a mistake. And, uh, and then she never said it again. Anyway, uh, we're doing good. And, uh, but then she eventually said she loves me. And so she became my fiance. And, and then eventually she became my wife. But if I were to introduce her to my kid's teacher, she wouldn't just be my wife, she would be their mother. And if you might meet Shans today and you might meet her as a pastor and, uh, and then maybe if you needed some health advice and don't, she's here as pastor today, but you know, she, she is actually a qualified naturopath. And, and for those that are good friends with her, you'd find out that she's also a remedial massage therapist. If you've got a little bit of a 
in your neck. Uh, but if you talk to one of her girls, she's none of those things. They like the masseuse part, but she's just a good friend. And if you saw Shans on a Monday night at St. Clair Rec Centre, she's a hyper-competitive basketballer. And depending on who you are and what your need is and from what perspective you see her, all of those things culminate in the name of Shana. But they all are different attributes of who, what makes her to be her. It's the same with God. There are so many parts to God that maybe you've never even discovered yet. And there's always more to know. And God has many names and these names show His different attributes. And if you don't know all of who He is, you'll never receive all of what He has. Does that make sense? To know who He is allows you to walk in what He has for your life. And Paul says it this way, who seems to know Jesus fairly well. Uh, We don't even know if they cross paths or met. Uh, Paul's story begins after Jesus ascended, but this is how Paul describes Jesus. And we'll put it on. Philippians says this in verse chapter three, verse something. It says, but more than that, I count everything as lost compared to the priceless privilege and supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, and growing more deeply and thoroughly acquainted with Him, a joy unequalled. And this, so I may know Him, experientially becoming more thoroughly acquainted with Him. Get this, understanding the remarkable wonders of His person more completely. That's what we're trying to do. Have a greater understanding of the person of Jesus Christ by knowing all of who He is. Amen. So today I wanna talk to you about Jehovah Rapha. Everyone say Rapha. Rapha, Jehovah Rapha. Uh, uh, Where do we first see Jehovah Rapha appear in the Bible? Well, to do that, we go to the book of Exodus. And to see the story before we get there, the Israelites had been in captivity. They were slaves in Egypt for 400 years. And then God sends a man called Moses and God does the miracle. Moses was just a spokesperson that sees God's people set free from slavery. But Partway through the journey, as they're walking into what's called their promise or their promised land, the enemy comes back and chases them again. Like, I don't know if you've ever been set free from something and then later on your past seems to chase you. You feel like you've got free from addiction, but addiction tries to chase you down. Or you thought that you were free from that diagnosis, and then later on it circles back again. Can I tell you, when the God has set you free, you're free indeed, but sometimes there's still an enemy to wrestle with and overcome. Amen. And so the enemy chases them down and they get to this place called the Red Sea and God does a miracle over a whole night. We think like the movies, He parted it instantly. It actually says throughout the night. Sometimes we have to endure a dark night of waiting before God comes and makes a way where there is no way. But He parts the Red Sea and the Israelites walk through, the enemy chased them and then God brings the Red Sea down on the enemy and now the Israelites are free to walk to their promise. There's one difficulty though. The Red Sea comes back together and now there's no way back if they ever change their mind. They're now, (laughs) they get stuck on, they're now on the other side. Their miracle means that there's actually no way back anymore. And then they realise they're in the desert and they're all looking around going, did anyone bring water? And no one, there's no water. And they're in desert, which is a very average place to be without water. 
So they start walking, just trying to get to their promise. And they walk for a day and there's no water. And they walk for a second day and there's no water. And they walk for a third day. And by now they're literally dying of thirst. So God has rescued them. He's done another miracle after another great miracle. And then now they're on the other side of their promise, but they're not yet in their promise. And they have no water. And they start wondering, are we gonna die out here? Like my kids sometimes just driving from school to, to, to home, they're like, Dad, Dad, I need you to stop and get us water. I'm dying. I'm like, you're going to make it, mate. And they're like, you need to get us a slushy. I'm like, there's, there's no water in it. And, and but they're desperate. Three days, a million or so people walk without water. And finally, all of a sudden, someone sees something. And somewhere in the distance, is it a mirage? Is it real? There's a river. And, and this person goes running and you can imagine all these millions of people start running desperately thirsty, three days, no way back. If they turn back, they literally die. There's nowhere to go. There's no way forward. And suddenly they come across a river and they get to the river and, and you can imagine the first person gets down and cups his hands and, and brings it to his mouth and he drinks and the next person does. And all of a sudden, the first people that got there spew the water back up because the water is bitter. They're desperate. They finally think they've found the answer to their problem. They're stuck and God provides a solution, but the water's bitter. It's polluted. It's crooked. It's, it's, it's sick. The water is unfit to drink. It's sick. And they think they've found a solution, but the solution's bitter. So they call that place Mara. Everyone say Mara. That word Mara means bitter. It's, it's a sign of maybe what the water was like, but if I'm probably real, it's probably a sign of how they felt emotionally and physically and mentally. They actually thought God had rescued them and suddenly things didn't go the way they thought and bitterness begins to creep in. So it goes on in Exodus 15, verse 24, 26. So the people grumbled against Moses saying, what are we to drink? So he cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a, come on, say it with me. The Lord showed him a tree. And when he cast the tree, into the waters, the waters were made sweet. And there He made a statute, an ordinance for them. And there He tested them and said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in His sight, give ear to His commandments and keep all His statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians for Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord Jehovah who heals you, Rapha. He says, I am the Lord Jehovah who heals you, Rapha. It is here that they see the waters and the water are bitters and they begin to grumble before God and they say, God, the very thing that I thought would be bringing healing actually has sickness. And God says, take the tree and put the tree in the middle of your sickness and you will not only be healed, you will be made sweet. And He says, as long as you trust me, believe me and get to know all of who I am, then you will know me as Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. That word Jehovah, you'll see it when we talk about Jehovah Nissi or Jehovah Jireh or Jehovah Shalom. I'll talk about it in a couple of weeks time. But Jehovah means I am or I exist to be. It means I exist to be or this way I need to become, I need to be known as, become known as. He's saying I need to be known as Rapha. That word Rapha, everyone say Rapha 
means to restore. It doesn't mean great tennis player. It means to restore, means to heal, means to cure and means to repair. That word Rapha means to heal. It means to cure. It means to uh, restore and it means to repair. This is what the nature of God is. Not just a gift God can give you. He doesn't just heal you, He says, I am and I exist to be healing. He isn't just the healer, He exists as the healer. He restores, His nature is to cure and His nature is to return to how it should be. In fact, He makes things better. God is healer, God loves to restore, God delights to renew and God desires to make whole. This is why it says in Psalm 23, He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. It's like there's a river for power and still waters for healing. He, he, he leads me to still waters, is what David's talking about, and He restores my soul. You need to know today, God is the healer of your body. And there is healing available when you know the full person of Jesus. Psalm 101 verse 101 says this, Bless the Lord, because even when you're not well, sick, disease and illness, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy Name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your iniquities and raffers all your diseases. He not only heals our bodies, He also heals our emotions. Psalm 147 says, He raffers the brokenhearted and He binds up their wounds. Jeremiah 30 says this way, talking about Jesus, He says, But I will restore to you health and raffa your wounds. Jeremiah 33 says, Nevertheless, I will bring health and healing to it. I will Rapha, my people, I will heal my people and I will let them enjoy abundant peace and security. The nature of God is to heal. God is, come on, someone with faith today. God is able to heal. God is constantly, ongoingly, never endingly healing. Amen. Come on, when you say amen, you're not just amen in the preaching, you're coming into agreement with the very nature of God and you are saying not just let it be so, but it is so. He is my healer. He desires to heal and He is ongoingly, continually and never endingly healing. Amen. And this is fully manifest and found complete and whole in the ministry of Jesus. I mean, if you read the Gospels, you cannot, if you were just to read the four, four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, the story of Jesus, there are two threads that you cannot ignore. Number one, that Jesus came and lived a perfect life, but died a death from in my place because I fall short and I get it wrong because He wanted to take my place and take my punishment so that I wouldn't have to bear the impossible pain and anguish and shame and regret of my past if I had to do it on my own with no way to get right with God, He came and said, I die in your place so that you can have restoration and peace and hope and grace, but then rose again so that I could rise from my ashes, my death, my mistakes and have life here on earth, have peace and joy and hope forevermore and life eternal. And He did it because He loves me. Amen. Thread number one, 
But thread number two, you cannot read the Gospels. You can barely read a chapter of the Gospels without realising because He loves, He loves to heal. He heals constantly, ongoingly, never endingly, all the way through the story. Matthew chapter four, Jesus went from town to town and put on healing, everyone say healing, healing every, everyone say every, every disease and sickness amongst the people. Matthew 9 verse 12, large crowds followed Him and He healed them there. Matthew 6 verse 56, wherever He went, everyone say wherever, Wherever He went, into villages or towns or countryside, they placed the sick in the marketplaces. They begged Him to let them touch even the edge of His cloak and all who touched it were healed. You cannot see the ministry of Jesus without realising this. His nature is to heal, Amen. I mean, He is the great physician, specialising in all areas of medicine. I mean, He heals Jairus' young daughter. He's a paediatrician. He heals Peter's mother-in-law. He's a GP. He heals people in the evening. He's a GP locum. He made someone calm after having an evil spirit. He's a psychiatrist. He cleansed the man with leprosy. He's a dermatologist. He healed the paralytic that dropped down from the roof. He's a podiatrist. He healed the woman with an issue of blood. He's a hematologist. He healed the centurion's paralysed servant from a distance. He's telehealth. He's a man who healed the weathered hand. He's an orthopaedic hand surgeon. He healed blind Bartimaeus. He's an optometrist. He's healed the man that's unable to speak. He's a speech therapist. He healed the deaf and the dumb man. He's an ear, nose and speech therapist. He healed the men, the 10 lepers. He's an infectious disease specialist. And for the man who had his ear cut off at Jesus' arrest and returned it, He's a plastic surgeon. Jesus is the master physician, amen. As you come on, and as you look through all the Scripture. <laughs> good morning, 9am. He, he, good to have you with us. He, he, he healed the young, he healed the old. He healed His friend. He healed His enemies. He healed outcasts. He healed mother-in-laws. He healed Jews. He healed Gentiles. His very nature is to heal, amen. And then after He leaves and gives power, He gives it to the disciples because now we walk in the same nature of Christ. It says in Acts chapter 5, the apostles performed many signs and wonders amongst the people and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. And as a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. And crowds gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those that were torn by impure spirits. And read this, it says, and all of them were healed. Come on, how did it happen? It happened through the power of the Holy Spirit, but in the Name of Jesus, Amen. One of our great volunteers that's serving in kids this morning, I said this the other week, uh, suffered for months with migraines. Came to me, I prayed for her numbers of times. Never saw, received healing. And, 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 and never saw and a few weeks ago, I said, this is what I want you to do. I just want you to take authority over it this week in the Name of Jesus. Not long prayers, just pray in the Name of Jesus. I saw her again this week. How are your migraines? Completely gone. 
for two, three weeks now, completely gone. Because there's something about praying in the Name of Jesus that has authority. That Name of Jesus where the Name of Jehovah Jireh and Rapha and Nisi and El Shaddai and Elohim and whatever Name culminates in that Name, that Name that is above every Name, that every knee shall bow and tongue confess on the earth and beneath the earth that Jesus is Lord. Where sickness leaves and emotions restore and bodies recover and disease is cured. Amen. There's power in the Name of Jesus, the full nature of Jehovah Rapha, who exists to be known as healer, restorer, curer. The one that we see in the old is seen fully in the new. He is the same yesterday, today and forever. He desires to heal then, He desires to heal now and He desires to heal forevermore. See, might be here just thinking, but but of course, He's a healer because of my failure, because of our sin, because of a broken world. Can I say, God is not now healer in a response to your sickness. He's not a healer in response to your sin. He always was healer even before we sinned. Let me show you, go back to the beginning. We always go to the beginning. God creates Adam and Eve, or firstly, Adam, and now desires to create Eve. So it says in Genesis 2, verse 21, so the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. He's also an anaesthetist. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then he, watch this, closed up the place with flesh. He removes the rib. But even there before Adam sinned or before sickness entered the world, his very nature is to restore and heal. Sometimes we feel like uh, I brought this onto myself. It was my sin or my sickness and therefore I need to appease God to have healing. No, His very nature from before sin entered the world is to heal. So through the Old Testament, we see healing and people being raised from the dead and restoring and recovering, but all of it for this purpose, not just to heal, but to point to the ultimate healer, the name of Jesus, amen. So Isaiah foreshadows Jesus' ministry. And it says, Isaiah 61 says, this, and this is, this is how Jesus introduces Himself when He opens the scroll for the first time. He chooses to read this. He wants you to know all of who He is. It's like getting a LinkedIn profile or going and putting your resume together. Jesus opens up the scroll and He lets you know who He is. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor and He has sent me to Rapha. Heal the brokenhearted. He restores, He heals and He cures. Physical, emotional, and now seen through Jesus, spiritual. But this is what's amazing. We shared this a few weeks ago. He not only exists to heal, but also to feel. Because Jesus also suffered. Hebrews tells us that we don't have a high priest that cannot relate to everything that we walk through. So not only did Jesus come to heal physically, emotionally and spiritually, but Jesus suffered physically, emotionally and spiritually. Where Isaiah tells us, but He was pierced for our transgressions and He was crushed for our iniquities and the punishment that brought us peace was on Him. And watch this. And by His wounds we are Rapha, healed. 
the very nature of God as he walked through every physical, emotional and spiritual torment was so that his nature could be seen through you healing, amen? There's a great person in our church called John, John Johnson and a few years ago I went to see a, a doctor and got a regular blood test and found out he had type two diabetes. And, uh, and therefore I had to get a diabetes kit and, and go through that journey. And suddenly in the last little short while, I just had this real faith to pray. No, this is my diagnosis, but I serve a God who heals. And something started going wrong with his, his kit and, and it wasn't getting good measurements. So he went back to see his nurse and, uh, um, and the nurse said, well, I don't understand why you need this kit. And he's like, well, I've got type two diabetes. And the nurse said, I've just done tests on you. You don't. <laughs> And they did some more tests and they found out it's completely gone. He's no longer a diabetic. Not because the doctor did anything, but because he serves a God who's a healer, amen? He tells you this story. He says, not only was I praying for this healing, he said, I had a lesion on my ear that needed healing. And so I had to get it cut out, but I was praying, God, heal both. So he went to the doctor to get it taken out. And as the doctor inspected, the doctor said, I don't know where it, what you need cutting out. He said, the lesion that's there. And the doctor said, he just seen it, but the doctor's like, it's not there anymore. And the doctor said these words to him, I don't know what you're doing, but whatever you're doing, keep doing, because it's working, amen? Come on, how good is God? We serve a God who heals. Let me give you another story because it just hits different people. There's a lady going on Mount Barker campus called Jade and, uh, and Jade had a, a cancer in her neck and, and recently had an incredible uh, God through, through both healing and, and the doctors, but it should not have happened as quick in the way it did. God healed her and the cancer was gone. And, and come on, how good is God, right? Now let's never get familiar with this stuff. And because it was in the neck, she, only had 50, she now only had 15% movement in her neck uh, even after the cancer was gone. So she went to a cancer physio to try and, uh, and to, to get some help and, and uh, she wasn't seeing it, seeing it better, but she came to a prayer and encounter night a couple Sunday nights ago. Never miss out on these moments. And she was just here and, and they asked who needs a healing and she almost didn't come. She wasn't going to come forward because she said, well, I've had a major healing. I can learn to live with this one. Uh, but God's nature isn't that you've used up His healing power and now He's out. No, His very nature is to heal. And so he, she came forward for healing and she said that night she went home and she now has 100% movement in her neck. All the pain is completely gone. Come on, how good is God? She's now going to tennis matches all around the country just so she can do this. She's driving around roundabouts just because she's got full movement in her neck. Let me tell you about someone else that's right here in our campus, um, Adeline, who a couple of years ago was diagnosed with a very, very rare cancer. So rare that only one in Two in one million people have this cancer right around the world. It was actually an accidental finding. And she found out that she had stage four cancer, highly aggressive. So she goes in for surgery and, and, and when they go in and they open her up, they, they could not clear the tumours because they were so aggressive in her body. So they had closed her up and there's no other choice but to give her six months of the most aggressive uh, uh, chemotherapy but they actually don't even have chemotherapy for this type of cancer, it's so rare. So they had to use a, a different type of chemotherapy, hoping it would do the work. So she went through all 12 stages of that, six months of chemotherapy and it didn't work. So the chemo doesn't work and there's no chance of surgery. You know what she does? She prays. You know what the church does? The church prays. You know what our intercessors do? Our intercessors pray. So eventually she goes for another scan and the doctor now says, okay, there's something that's changed. We're willing to open you up and see what we can do. 
And as they opened her up and went into what was like 12 hours of surgery, they found out that the cancer that was at one point so extremely hard, they couldn't operate and remove, has now softened and, and the doctor calls in the nurse because they'd seen the scans. They read the report, this was impossible. But now this lady who'd gone in for surgery, that one last final time, the cancer that was so hard and so covered her body had now been softened and suddenly they're able to clear out every cancer cell in her body. She is now in remission. She is past the six month mark and she is cancer free. Come on, how good is our God? I tell you why. And it's an amazing thing she says all the way through, even when they're saying the worst, she has a peace that surpasses understanding. Because even though the doctor has a report, it's not the doctor's name, but it's Jehovah Rapha. It's the name of Jesus that she relies on. I tell you, His nature is to heal, amen? You might be here today and you might be saying, but, but I haven't seen my physical healing yet. And I don't pretend to understand the timing and all of God's perfect will. But I do know this, He is always healing. And often we ask for the physical healing, but just because we haven't seen the physical healing doesn't mean He's not healing you emotionally, healing you spiritually, and as we trust, healing you physically. This is what I have realised about God is, is that while I don't know why God does what He does when He does, I do know He will do whatever brings Him the most glory. Not just me the most glory, but Him the most glory. But this you need to be unsure of today. He is always healing. So in a moment, we're gonna open the altar and we're gonna pray. And we are going to pray in the Name of Jesus that sickness and disease and injury goes, amen. But on our long-term journey, this is the thing. Sometimes we want to instruct Him, but more than that, we have to trust Him. That if we trust His nature, more than I always do my physical evidence, I can trust that the very nature of God is constantly and ongoingly healing me, spiritually, emotionally, and physically, amen? But we serve a God who heals. So the Israelites walk for three days and they do what we're allowed to do. They get to a point where they're stuck and they go to God and they throw up their hands and they ask Him because the water is sick polluted and undrinkable. You might be here and it's been a long journey and you feel dry and you feel there's no way back and there's no way forward and I'm stuck. And maybe you feel like maybe you're a little sick and maybe that's caused you to get a little bit mara, bitter and hurt and disappointed. Maybe you feel polluted or unusable. So Moses calls out to Jehovah, to God. And He says, here's the solution. Put the tree in the middle of your natural circumstances. There's a supernatural answer in the middle of the natural. <laughs> what I love as we see in the Adeline's story is there was natural medicine. There was. But right in the middle was a supernatural God that made a way where there was no way. So whether it's a story like John who was healed absolutely just completely by God or it was in stages like Jade or whether it was a combination of the natural and the supernatural, I tell you, we serve a God who heals, amen. And He says, get the tree and put the tree in the middle of the water. And it says, not only are the, border, water, the bitter waters healed, but they are made sweet and the people are saved. Here's my question today is before we pray and then we'll go, yeah. You might be here today and you may not be fully healed yet, 
But because Jesus' nature is to heal, you have been healed, even if spiritually and emotionally. So here's the question. If you haven't seen the fullness of your healing, are you still walking sweet? Because when you know Jesus, no matter whether I see the physical healing today, tomorrow or in eternity, I have to choose to walk sweet. Amen. Because the healer is healing even now. You do this even now in His presence. The healer is healing. It's His very nature. So as the world is watching you through our pain and our sickness and our bitter waters, let knowing Jesus give you a life so transformed that while being healed, I walk sweet. Amen. Because more than better, this world needs you sweet. But first, above all, Jesus heals my spirit. I want my body healed. I need my emotions healed. But above all, I need my spirit restored. So He removes the bitter taste of my sin. My life is twisted. And maybe you're here today and you feel like life is twisted and sick and unwell. And God has a solution there in Exodus that points to Jesus, that He says there'll be a tree. That the answer for our sickness and our iniquity was always the cross. And God Himself putting Himself in the middle of my bitter waters and not only healing my sin, but making me sweet. This is the ultimate and most important healing above all is that I can be healed in spirit. I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you and inspired you. You know, we may never have met, I may not know you, but God knows you. And I'll tell you today, God loves you. That even before you knew about Him, He loved you. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son, Jesus, to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that His death could pay the penalty for my mistakes and my past. And His life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did, and when you invite Him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, purpose and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you. He's a father, he's a friend, and you can invite him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm gonna say this prayer and wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. You know what, maybe he's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, Thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy and your hope into my life. 
I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace, and the love of God comes into your life. You know what? The past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace, and the Word of God go with you from this day forward. And I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer or you want to know more, maybe you're on the journey, why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you, and we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.